0: Hey, we're live, okay, hi, uh, this is Peter Anderson and Brad Mills. Brad Mills, welcome oh. <laughs> to Sound Engagement, uh, we are show. live, and it's the first time that I actually introduce uh, Brad Mills today, you have to take that little pause that I do. Uh, we are so excited uh, today to have Carmen children and she uh, just wrote a lovely book, I'm in the middle of it right now, it's uh, very, oh, very good. Oh, fun, yes, I thank you, it. I, really I didn't it. know you were
1: reading it. Yes, awesome. it's
0: very good. Um, but uh, y'all could check it out. It is called After, Fe- After She Falls, and um, it is about a strong willed Adra. Is that right, Rivera? Adra, Rivera. Uh, Audrey, Audrey, Audrey. It's thank you. Yes.
1: Her name is Adriana, so it's like you know, yes. kind of like Adrian Audrey. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. Nice. yeah, awesome. Love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it's about Adra Rivera, who is a nearly uh, achieved her goal of being a professional mix MMA um mixed Mm -hmm. martial artist but then she fell in love with a man who knocked all the fight out of her it was a very abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and um when it finally comes to a head she then flees with her young daughter to a small small hometown in the mountains of pennsylvania and she's going to have to face the people that she left behind and put her uh, life back together again one of the things i like about your book is as a marriage and family therapist it's kind of cool how you interlink <clears throat> excuse me a lot of like family of origin stuff that's one of the things i like oh, about that it's like oh my gosh thank you because as a family therapist i'm always like uh talking to people about their past and i love how Adria kind of goes back and recovers some of that and they've got these old right. parts of the family system that haven't worked out and she's having to reconcile right. that sense of exoneration yeah. so it's a very good book i hope um all of our thank listeners you. Will, is it still like Pretty high up there in Amazon list, or
1: you know, I yeah. think it's it's kind of relative. Like it's mm. it goes in and out of like the top one hundred. It goes in and out of the top wow. fifty. Um, but I think it's doing well. Like basically, yeah. you know, as a as a debut author, I think it's doing better than most people expected it to be doing. Yeah, so it's like a little underdog, wow. but it's fighting. That's it's nice, fighting. just but, like
0: Rocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knew that. Nope. Um, Rocky would actually, uh, be there. So let me see if just to be, uh, the two of us. here. Okay. So Brad had to yes. kind of step out just for a moment. Um, so Carmen, uh, let me know a little bit about, uh, well, I guess I can't, um, let me know, tell me a little bit about, uh, what this book has been like for you and, um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about this journey if you could, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Talk to us about that.
1: Okay. I can do that. So this book has been years in the making. I I get the timeline messed up when I try to think about it. It's kind of one of those things where it's taken different forms Mm -hmm. over the years. Um, It originally started off as a screenplay. I was taking a screenwriting class and uh, our assignment was to create a scene um, based off of our favorite movie. And I chose Rocky. And I thought to myself, like, how do I take Rocky and make it more me? Like something that is, yeah, yeah, my style. Um, And so thought of a female protagonist, not boxing, mixed martial arts instead. Um, And I just wrote that one little scene and that was really fun. It was just a scene of this really tough chick, like running, and these people, these guys in a car, like heckle her, and she outrun, it's not in the book. It's not included in the book, but that's how it was like born This idea of this woman who's really tough, but has this secretly super tough home life before she leaves that behind. Um, and then, you know, as far as like the journey of the book to where it is now, it was kind of that, uh, I said underdog earlier, it's very much an underdog thing from start to finish because uh, I studied English uh, literature and creative writing in college, but you don't ever learn how to write a book and you don't learn how to like sell a book. Those are all things that you figure out by yourself later. (laughs) So I've spent the last at least four years figuring out all the steps of the process, whether that's getting an an agent or, and then the publisher and all of that. So that's a little background on it.
0: That is fascinating. Yeah. Was Mm -hmm. it, was it part of your own story too? Did you feel like, I mean, I I felt like when I was reading her, I could sense times where I have met you. It's like, that's something. (laughs) So I mean, was it kind of part of your personality a little bit in there as well, or your own personal experience?
1: Yeah. I definitely there are elements to the story that I draw on from real life. Um, I have been in an abusive relationship before, not not really like Audrey's. Mine was very different. the The connecting thing, though, is that very strange um, dynamic that happens where you know you um, you know this person isn't good for you, but you feel like you need to stay and you need to, you know, like I I understood that part of being in that kind of relationship. And I think that comes out in the book. Um, Obviously being a Christian, becoming a Christian, I've felt very similar to Audrey um, in different points of my Christian life, whether that's feeling like I'm, you know, just so far behind or I God's not going to want to help me because I've messed things up too much. Just certain little moments that she has spiritually, um, definitely, I've had those before. But a lot of it is also just like a voice thing. Um, since you know me, like you said, like, you know how I sound and how I sound is kind of like how I write. It's not necessarily on purpose. Um, it's just kind of, kind of a little, you know, I I definitely, I like having a distinct voice when I write. So I don't try to take myself way out of it. Um, but audrey is still very much her own distinct character
0: yeah wow um the abusive relationship i mean you don't have to go into too much depth with that what would you say was it more like verbal or the manipulation the games and and is that also yeah just talking Yeah. oh
1: yeah yeah sorry Mm. um didn't mean to cut you off uh it was physically abusive i just meant more like um i wasn't married to the person uh you know we didn't have a child together basically it was a relationship i had right as i was getting ready to leave mm. high school mm. um really my first boyfriend first everything um and it was just very over time it was it was gradual you know it was like a like a he would tell a lie and i would know it was a lie but then he would somehow just through like persistence convince me that it wasn't a lie and that's kind of mm. like how it started and then i would sort of be like Am I? You make me feel like I'm crazy, basically. Um, basically and then,
0: gaslighting. A lot of gaslighting. Yeah. Yep. There, so, yep right.
1: Gaslighting. Sure. And then, um, you know, and then, like, occasionally at different points, he would, like, push me really hard or wrap his hands mm. around my neck and just certain, like, really scary moments, um, which is kind of what got me – I have done um, boxing and Krav Maga before – and being in that situation, um, being that scared and feeling like, you know, I just kind of froze and was panicked. Um, I feel like that is what that's another layer of as why I like combative sports. I think they're um, empowering. I think people should do them. I think they should have especially women. I think you should have yeah. some idea of what you can do if you sure. find yourself in that vulnerable of a position. Yeah.
0: Although I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, jujitsu. That's my, that's my, I think yeah. everybody, all the women need to take jujitsu in my opinion.
2: <laughs> so I've been doing it for about a year.
0: And I, it's so, it's crazy because um, I, I'm i a pretty strong guy and I'm about to push myself way down. That's why I'm bragging a little bit. So I'm, a, I'm, and I have girls that are about 110 pounds who submit me and choke me out just like that. So it's, and I have also yeah. submitted um, Muay Thai fighters. So it's really weird because it's all about position. Yeah. Framing, framing position and overload. So it's all about using your yeah. frame so that when you're rolling, you can submit your opponent. My wife's going to listen yeah. to this, and she's going to be like, "Why are you bragging about you?" Just, I can already hear her right now. So I'm not well, great and,
2: yet. So I'm, I'm and, big, and CrossFit well. helps with that too, right? <laughs> right. All your yeah. CrossFit I
0: don't. You know, I, I've been running now. I don't. I think I'm going to get rid of CrossFit and just. Yes. Oh, I, I used to, yeah. Now I'm going to just talk oh. about running all the time. Well. Oh. Um, all right. So Carmen, Yeah. So talk to us what we, I really wanted, what the thing I was most fascinated about is um, what is it like to write a book? Tell us about that process, the insecurities that you may have had. I think um, a lot of our listeners, I'm hoping they'll listen um, are may want to write, but I think the biggest, the biggest thing is just the, the, how overwhelmed it seems like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like a novel, where in the heck do mm-hmm. I start? And I, I, yep. if I ever were to write something, I don't think it would be a novel and working on something called the conservative therapist slowly and slowly, mm-hmm. it would be something that's totally a nonfiction, but, um, talk to us a little bit about like just your process, the fears that you had to get over. I know it's more of like a marathon more so than just, a uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, you have to do it all at once. So yeah. Yeah. What was it yeah, like for that. you?
1: It's actually a good time to ask me because I'm doing it right now with my new book. <laughs> it's all fresh in my mind, um although writing this one is very different than writing the first one because so I can talk about that too. so uh, after she falls, really, what I had to get over when I was writing that book is I still was in a mindset where I thought to have a writing career and to be successful, I cannot be. 100% who I am. Like, I cannot be Carmen the Christian. I cannot be Carmen the conservative. I cannot be Carmen with my, you know, specific worldview and approach to things. Um, and that looks like two different things. Like, you know, there's the publishing industry, super woke, uh, very, um, very catered to like progressive tastes, but then you have the Christian publishing industry, which is very different. I wouldn't I mean it's it's edgier than people give it credit for, but it's still there is like very specific expectations within a lot of like Christian audiences that books aren't gonna cross certain lines. And so I I wanted to write a book that I knew was going to cross some of those lines. But I also didn't want to like veer into this very predictable feministy woke approach to telling this story, which it easily could be, right? It's like a female Rocky, so you could turn that into like this very stupid story about, you know, you, you know, you've seen like the the um, yeah. Well, uh, like Rey. female like, remakes of it. Well, like Ray yeah. from
0: Star Wars, who already is like knocking down Luke Skywalker in the second episode, when she hasn't even done anything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so like,
1: wanted it, that I possible? wanted it to be, yeah, I wanted it to be realistically feminine, but strong. And I wanted the book to have elements about abuse and, and approach like Christianity in a different way than I think a lot of Christian books do. So I had to, one really important part of the process was I just decided, is like, Carmen, tell this story the way you want to tell it. And then, cause that's the only way you're going to enjoy the process. That's the only way you're going to stick with it through the long, the long, you know, hours that it's going to take to get this done. Um, and that helped. So just being honest with myself about like, at the end of the day, you could write it all these different ways to appeal to all these different people, but it's your book. You're the one who's going to invest hours and hours and hours and hours of solitude and, blood and sweat and tears, and you're going to sacrifice a lot of things. So you might as well tell it the way that you feel like you need to tell it. Um, So that was important for me personally. Also, you have to just have a lot of trust in God. I feel like when you do that, because like I said, you do, it is a sacrifice. One thing I always do tell people if they want to be a writer, is you should be very sure that you want to be a writer, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time spent by yourself. Um, it's a lot of criticism has to be worth it to you I guess basically is the act of writing has to be fulfilling enough and what you feel like you're writing has to be important enough that you're willing to do all of that Um, and for me writing is that like when I'm writing I feel as hard as it is sometimes I feel like it's very much like a gift from God because it doesn't it's not. It doesn't feel like I could do it, if that makes sense. Like like you said, writing a novel is very hard. It's like hard to think of all the pieces and how it works together. And um, I just did it and I'm doing it again now and it's still really hard, but I feel like God is very gracious and just it's my particular gifting. Um, so that I, my encouragement would be if you feel like you have that gifting, pursue it. Um, and if you don't, then do not because <laughs> there's other things you could do better. <laughs> important right, yeah. and less terrible um that probably answers yeah. some of your questions yeah well,
0: we'll it's look- kind of interesting go ahead brad yeah
2: yeah i'll just jump in on occasion but um what were the things so two questions really but sort of how did you start um what was your original goal was it okay i got to finish the novel i need to find i need to finish a synopsis so that i can find a publisher. I, I know some of these questions don't really get at resilience, but just starting from the very beginning of yeah. the process yeah, talk about for that someone for sure. who's completely fresh. And then also Brand what, um, what kind of things did you have to, by making those goals, you know, you're giving up other things that you could prioritize your time in. And so that's like you said, the sacrifice you have to make, I guess what I'm wondering is how do you, how do you keep yourself from being distracted by all the other things you'd like to do? but are going to keep you from achieving those goals.
1: Yes, I think I got it. So how it starts, if you're totally brand new to the process, and I'll kind of answer it for fiction and nonfiction because they're kind of different. The first thing I would recommend you do if you want to write like a novel is read a novel that you really like and write out how the plot progresses because that's going to help you figure out how to build a story. That's the hardest thing about, you know, like a lot of people when they sit down to write fiction, have a really interesting like concept, or they have a really interesting scene in mind. But what typically happens is they'll write that and then they get like stuck because it's sort of, you know, it's like, so now how do I get this all the way to the end of a whole story? So a lot of it is just learning how to tell a story. And you do that Um, There's obviously lots of books you can read about it, but personally, I like reading books that I like and watching movies that I like and just kind of being like, okay, protagonist A tells protagonist B a lie. And then like, that's one thing. And then it's like, and thus conflict ensues and character C intervenes. And it just helps you to slowly figure out this is how this is going to work. For nonfiction, nonfiction is very similar to... um, writing a thesis or something like that so you have a main idea you know you have this argument you want to make so let's say you're trying to think of a popular nonfiction book um this is probably this is a controversial one but you've got a Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind very popular book and especially among Christian circles Mm -hmm. um and the premise of that book is your mind is a battlefield, and you have to, to do certain strategies to, uh, you know, win the war. Essentially, is kind of the the big analogy. And so most nonfiction books start with that kind of idea: is like, what's this big argument you're gonna make, and then what are all the subpoints that are gonna make up all the different chapters supporting your argument? Um, and then once you have your book finished. There's different ways you can go about it. I personally wanted to do the traditional publishing route. So I got a literary agent because I feel like that makes the process much easier. Um, A lot of people self publish, and you could certainly do that. Um, Self publishing, and there's lots of resources on how to do that now. To me, though, it's just a lot. You have to, that has to become like your full time thing you have to market the heck out of it yourself you have to design the cover you have to do all you know it's just none of it really uh you never you don't get any there's no part of it that you get to give to somebody else and they do it for you so the literary agent does a lot of work for you the publisher obviously does a lot of work for you um so that's kind of how it looks practically and then as far as just like dedication resilience wise a book that really helped me is I've read, uh, it's called The War of Art. You guys heard mm-hmm. of that book before? Steven yeah, Pressfield. Stephen, yes, yeah, Stephen Pressfield. And he just kind of tells you to get over yourself <laughs> and like, <laughs> get your work done, essentially right, is the right. argument of that book. Um, and he makes a very compelling argument that God gifts us all with these purposes and talents in our lives. And when we allow ourselves to be distracted and to put them off, it like stunts us spiritually Mm. and it leads to a lot of different things. And I I think that that's true. I believe that idea that if you um, have something on your heart that you really, really want to do, I mean, I've wanted to be a writer ever since I was little. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of have inklings like that. But for whatever reason, they you know, it doesn't feel like it's practical. It feels like it's going to be too much work, et cetera, et cetera. They kind of push it aside. And I think that that's harmful. And so that's kind of how I keep myself on track is that you know i I can make excuses or I can just do it. <laughs> and I can believe that doing it is good,
0: right. I guess we, yeah. well, I, I also want to like, what was like your daily habit? I mean, I think that's where a lot of people struggle. is just like, the, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read Atomic Habits, um, which is really good. You know, a lot of people actually overwhelm themselves. And that's, I guess, the number one reason why a lot of people procrastinate. I remember, you know, well, you, Brad, you were in my Hebrew class. So I mean, I remember Miles Van Pelt saying, you know, it's better to study Hebrew for two minutes a day than trying to tell yourself for two hours. And I think that's often why a lot of writers don't, a lot of people say they want to write, but they don't. It's, they give themselves, because everything I'm hearing, it sounds great, but it's like, okay, that's still way too big for me and I'm not going to write, right? So what (laughs) what was like the daily practice? Because I mean, you said, let's set in two years, but I mean, is it like, you know, Talk to me a little bit about the process because I think mm-hmm. it's where I wanted to go a little bit deeper here. I mean, I think most sure. people kind of know a lot of that, you know. It's more mm-hmm. like, what were the fears? What were the insecurities? What are like, I mean, I truly do believe I remember talking to somebody before, and um there there are, I think it was Anthony Hopkins. Not I didn't talk to Anthony Hopkins, but he I remember him saying he was he was interviewed. Wow. Well, and yeah. um and somebody had said what it's like to be the best actor in the world and he had said actually i'm not the best actor in the world i can go to new york city and london right now and point out all the better much much better actors i just really got lucky <laughs> so you know there are a yeah. lot of people that are yeah. so good at their craft but there's something mm-hmm. that often and i think you're on to something about it, something that holds holds them back but talk to me a little bit i guess about the process about the discipline sure because i hear that yeah you know probably more yeah. than anything you know, that yeah. sets you apart than people that haven't published, you know? Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Um, So the discipline aspect for me, what it looked like, and I think it, you know, it probably looks different for everybody, but what I like to do is when I wrote After She Falls, I was, pregnant with Vivian, my first daughter. And then I had her. That's when I finished it. So I was like a new mom. I was like pregnant, new mom. That's kind of like my life when I was writing that book. Oh wow! And I would wake up really early. I would get up at like five and I would write from five to eight. And then I would work and then I would come home and I think maybe I would write a little more. And then I would just, you know, like go to bed. So I was kind of like, it was just this very disciplined, like wake up early, get it done. I think, oh yeah. And I was, I was uh, working out really early at that time too. I would get up at like four thirty in the morning to work out. So I just kind of had that. I'm a morning person. I'm not an evening person. Um, yes, I am too. Now, <laughs> uh, right. now it's different because I have two. I have three children total, um, and so now it takes a lot more strategy. Uh, I can't wake up early because inevitably one of them needs something. So that doesn't work anymore. Um, so I have to schedule. Blocks of time to get my writing done, um, and but I think honestly it's like a it's like a muscle. Like I know what you're talking about. I know that like feeling of like you feel overwhelmed and you procrastinate and you don't want to do it. But the hard thing for me now to tell people how to get over that is you get over it by writing. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's like yeah. the hard answer. Is that like yeah, yeah, I sure. basically yeah. it's like exercise. You know where like right. yes it sucks. <laughs> but like at a certain point you do it and then it becomes like I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Now there are like kind of little hacks, like there are times especially right now where mm-hmm. I don't feel like writing sometimes. And I have but you know like I said I I pay someone to watch my children. I have these hours I need to get the writing done. I have a deadline. Like there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of reasons why I should write and I still don't feel like writing. And typically what I will do then is try to relieve some of the pressure that doesn't have to be there, right? Like, okay, you need to write, but you don't have to write this scene. You can write some other scene that's more fun. That's, you know, that's, uh, you can play around with this or you don't have to write the second half of the book. You can go back and edit the first half of the book. So just that you're like doing something just so you're getting your brain and your mind and all of that in the habit of, this is my time for writing. So I need to do some kind of writing. Um, as far as insecurities go, I don't read bad reviews. I find that it doesn't help me. Like if I read a bad review, it really sticks in my mind that, like, oh, well, you know, there was like one where these people, this gal complained about how many times I use the word smirk, and now I'm like way over obsessing about smirk in my <laughs> manuscript. So I just have to like stop. Right, and yeah. Just write, right. you know, just like let it. <laughs> So I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise a lot of criticism early yeah. on, like, oh, you know, funny. let yourself like get it out and then, sure. and then invite the criticism later. And even then, like, if you feel good about it, criticism's only really helpful if you're very like on the fence. I feel like if you feel good about it, then
0: yeah. There's a it's reason your why John, by your yeah, art. It's a reason why John Gottman says whenever you criticize your partner, you better comp, you better offer her five positives, and yeah, because
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. right. she'll
0: yeah, or he will. <laughs> Which yeah. usually the couples I interview, he calls it five one ratio, and he says most couples will switch it. It's like one anyway. So. Yeah. What would you say, what, well, Brad? Did you want to say anything? I was gonna.
2: Yeah, I'll just throw something out there. And again, I'm I'm probably taking us for tangents just because I'm throwing out whatever's on my mind. And, um, but in terms of the cost of like a literary agent versus, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you're not going to invest as much personal time into figuring out how to market, how to find who's going to publish it, and all that stuff. Uh, so so that takes away. you're you're paying for their time, but what's the kind of cost that you're talking about? Are they taking a percentage off of your Mm -hmm. sales or are they taking an upfront cost and it doesn't matter if your book sells at all? Good question.
1: So you should never pay your literary agent anything. They get paid through your book sales. So if a literary agent asks you for money, it's a scam because you (laughs) get paid together by the publisher. So you work with the literary agent. They set their terms of, yes yes so they should you know they'll tell you what they want um royalty wise you agree to that and then once you have a publishing deal and they then you agree you do royalties with the publisher and so then you've got you know all kinds of things but in theory if you have a good literary agent the literary agent's going to negotiate a good deal for you with the publisher okay so really um Self-publishing is not that expensive. Um, It wouldn't cost that much money to hire someone to edit your manuscript. It wouldn't cost that much money to hire someone to make a decent cover for you. Um, What you're just going to have to do, you're going to have to plan on spending a lot of time figuring out how you're going to launch the book and get a lot of people to pay attention because the self-publishing market is super saturated. There's tons of people who self-publish. Those books are always coming out. Um, They're very cheap. I don't know if you've seen like a self-published book, typically you can get them for very, very cheap. Um, And uh, you know, you just like, there's a little bit of a credibility thing too. I think sometimes people are less, you know, they feel like, oh, it's self-published, which there's lots of self-published books that are great, Um, but there's just that stigma. And then, Publishers just have book funnels already established, right? They sell directly to bookstores. They have different email lists. They have a big arsenal of influencers that will share your books in their newsletters. And so they just do a lot of that work for you. Um, And you do lose some of the profits, right? Because they take a percentage. The literary agent takes a percentage. But I don't know. At the end of the day, there's probably... It's probably if your book does well with a traditional publisher, you will likely be yeah. a little happier with the result. Mm. I think,
2: yeah. I think you would get to focus, focus on fun. what you want to do, yeah. which is writing, right?
1: You, yeah. you kind of... Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, so you still have to difference. do a lot of promotion. Like I still, I have to do a lot of, um, I do a lot of strategy myself, but it's also it's also like a personality thing. Like I was already kind of already trying to build a platform because I feel like, What I found with my book, maybe this will be useful to someone. Um, So before I ever had a book, I was Carmen Schober, the cultural commentator. Like people Mm. read my stuff because I would get things published in the stream and I would share things on Instagram. And so I had an audience that liked me because of my faith and because of my cultural commentary. So then when I had a book, um, Mm. it was like, they were like, oh, well, I like Carmen, so I will buy her book. And I think that's one less, barrier especially as a new author um because there's so many books out there it's it's easy to just kind of be like ah it sounds good but there's like a million good books so the difference is i like carmen i would like to support carmen and it sounds like a good book and i think that gets more people to like actually execute spending the money on it so yeah Yeah. you can never go wrong building a platform regardless of what your plans are you know trying to uh, establish who you are before you have a book, I think is always a good strategy.
0: Although I, um, I, 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 in preparation for this interview, I did look up self-publishing and Beatrix Potter, The Martian and The Shack were all self-published books. So I don't know if you knew that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, which is kind of interesting. They're, they're really so like is The Martian. Weird... Yeah, yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think mm. there is this weird <laughs> idea that a lot of people have they think that they're gonna self-publish a book, sell a ton of copies, and then a publisher will like pick them up. And I think that used to be more of a thing. I don't think that's as much of uh, a thing now. Um, yeah. I don't know why, I couldn't tell you why, but those are probably examples of like that happening, of like, yeah. you know, these super, super awesome self-published books and then a publisher comes in and like buys them from, buys the rights. I don't know exactly how it would work. I just know that- Right. Typically, if you self-publish a book, you're not going to get the chance to traditionally publish that book. It's kind of like a publisher is not going to want it after you self-publish it, which isn't bad. That's just something to know that like, you know. Yeah,
0: What would you say was your greatest um, discouragement as a publisher? I remember you mentioning a little while ago, I think, didn't you get like a rejection from a Christian Public publication? Oh, yeah. or, I remember I you saying that, that. Yes. a while about yes. a while ago. Yeah. And I could tell that yeah. it must have been really demoralizing in a lot of ways. Cause it was you were yeah, because they had like read your website or something. Mm-hmm. What would yes. you say was maybe the most discouraging? Um, was there a time a, where you're like, What am I doing? That's
1: a good lesson. Yeah. So what <laughs> happened was what happened with that was uh <clears throat> all these people started biting at the same time. So somebody expressed interest in the manuscript. And so I emailed all the other people that had it. And I said, Hey, um, this other, this person's interested. So if you're interested, let me know, because I would like to hear from you. And I would, you know, I want, I want to know what my options are. And so then I had like three people going at once. And this one gal from a big literary agency in New York, you know, know, like stereotypical, like, oh, the dream, uh, she, acted like she was really into it, was going to send me a contract. You were getting really, but I don't know. It was probably just like discernment from the Lord where I thought to myself, I went and looked at their Twitter and it was just like anti-Trump, anti, you know, I just, I got a sense of like, I should tell them what I have been writing and because I don't want there to be a surprise. I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to sign this contract and then them decide that I am too, I am too offensive. I'm too this, I'm too that. So she hadn't sent me the contract yet. She said she was going to. And before she could, I emailed her and I said, just so you know, um, this is, I write cultural commentary. This is why I have a, a decent sized platform for a new author and you should go look at it. You should go read it and, you know, make sure you like my brand. And it was on a weekend. And then on like Monday, she was like, yeah, um, actually, like, you know, it's like a total like retraction. And it was really discouraging. But you know, what was really cool about that is like, I should have been devastated. And I wasn't. It was weird. I mean, I was disappointed, but I was not like, if you think about how much time and effort I'd put towards that dream and to have like a New York agency act like they wanted to sign me and then take it away. Like that should have been so much more devastating than it was. Um, But I think it goes back to that where I said, like, from the beginning, if I was going to be a writer, I was going to write what I wanted to write. Like, And so that just helped me kind of deal with with that disappointment. And then on the flip side, the agent that I have now, when we finally got to talking, she'd already listened to my podcast, she'd read things that I wrote, and she was super excited about Carbon the person, and so that way, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of demoralizing and good.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah, how they balance Mm -hmm. each other out. What? So based on you've said this a a couple of times, and I think it's important that you have an idea of kind of what you want to write for yourself that you'd be proud of, and that would stay true to you know your goals uh, in that novel, but. How does, how does like thinking about your target audience and, and how does that play into, to, is there a dilemma there at all? Is it like, well, my target audience is just people exactly like me. And so that's an easy easy uh, way. Or are you trying to broaden it out yeah. there to where you're reaching beyond that and therefore you mm-hmm. do have to factor? And I would think it would probably be something similar. Like once you have a target in mind, you're probably going to write future books with that same
1: group. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. So, I do have a fairly small target audience, but there's enough people in that audience to sustain my writing career, if that makes sense. Hmm. So, yeah. like I I really wanted to reach not people who think exactly like me, but women in a similar, you know, like there's a big sphere that we're all in, me and these women, and that's kind of like they maybe they're uh Really, I guess a better way of putting it is the only people who are probably excluded from my audience are people who are very extreme, whether they're like extremely legalistic Christians or extremely militant progressives. Those are probably the only two groups of people who could not like read my book and enjoy it, (laughs) if that makes sense, like two sides of course. Horseshoe theory situation. Um, And uh, yeah, what I I set out to do was I wanted a book kind of thinking about like my younger self. So I'm 29 and I've been reading Christian romance novels since I was probably 15, which I don't necessarily recommend. They're kind of, some of them are kind of mature. Depends on the 15 year old, but that's what I liked to read growing up. And I thought to myself, what would be like a book that would have all the entertainment value that I I would have wanted, um, but also have been like helpful to me spiritually at the time, and that's kind mm-hmm. of who I wrote the book for because I figured you know there there are lots of women like me. There's lots of you know um, there's lots of nominally Christian women who are kind of you know like sort of have the identity but they don't really know what like a Christian walk looks like. There's um, Christian women who just want good entertainment so that's kind of the intersection of my audience i think you don't want your audience to be super huge because it's going to be hard to make the book interesting that makes okay. sense like uh, whatever you're writing if the audience is huge then it's just you know right well. i we feel like that do. might
2: be part of yeah, our problem true. with this podcast sound engagement it's like so broad you know just anything let's just engage the culture about every yes. topic and we have well, our niche.
0: I don't think a lot of hardcore fundamentalists or militant um leftists really broadcast, like Brad. So, <laughs> I don't think
1: <care laughs> well, you're probably I mean, I take that as a sign that you're you're probably doing the right thing, right? Like yeah, yeah that was we've, had, yeah, we've had
0: Christians, non Christians, we've had a lot of other mm. I think we're primarily about free speech. I think that's the thing. We really mm. want to dialogue with people. We had a uh, woman on a few months ago, not a believer, you know, just uh, was very mm-hmm. critical of the BLM movement, and that was fascinating. Yeah, she did her. I don't know if you watched. That's
1: that. Cool. One, so that's cool. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I did want to ask about because I've watched some of these, um, some of your videos with the uh, Manhattan School Board, and I was. Uh, oh yeah. Gosh, they're they're, they're man, uh, but mm-hmm. I love how bold and audacious, and just how you're. You don't seem intimidated with a lot of this. Does your some of the um, the the background with having to go through such a terrible, like that kind of a relationship and then having to, you know, go through this kind of recovery. And do you feel like that has contributed to your own story um, just by, and I've often, like, would post stuff, too, that a lot of the stuff that I see on these extreme ideologies, especially on the progressive left, it really does remind me of the women that I counsel, the things that they tell me about what their abusive husbands do, the way they will manipulate things. And, yeah. and you know, just, I, I don't know if you, do you feel like that, that, this is kind of interesting that this was your first novel. Do you think that that was kind of like a segue on who you are as a person, but also what you stand for and just to, um, you know, uh, how you yeah. see that also as a cultural yeah. Commentary. Yeah, well. I under
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think so. Um, I think that like you said, um, I was in a relationship where I spent a lot of time being emotionally manipulated. Um, and I spent a lot of time being scared. And thankfully I got out of that. And um, you know, I that is really what was a big catalyst for me starting to care about my Christian faith, like that relationship ending was uh oh. You guys still here?
0: Yes, we're here. Hello. Yeah, no, (laughs) we're good. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Throw you off. We wanted you to give we wanted to give you the solo. Okay. you
1: wanted like I see, I see. I was (laughs) like (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, not uh, me. Yes, Right. No, okay, right. let's do that again. Whoa, okay, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Carmen,
1: yes. So basically, um okay. to answer your question, yes, I'm not, I am very good now at identifying emotional man- manipulation when it's happening, and I'm not mm. scared of a lot of things. Like, I still feel, like, kind of like in the book when Audrey is, like, nervous or unsure, like, yes, I still feel those things, but ultimately... I've worked this muscle enough times. I've stood mm-hmm. up and 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 faced down people who don't like me. I've been called names. I've done all the things enough times now that there is just a there is just like a resoluteness that comes. I know I'm gonna go stand up in the school board meetings and people are gonna hiss and write mean things. And it it just doesn't, it just it doesn't stick like it used to, you know. It it kind mm-hmm. of it kind of bounces off because part mm-hmm. of it is I know what I'm doing. I know why it's important. Um, I'm motivated because I love Jesus. I'm also motivated because of my children. I just kind of keep my eyes on the goal. That's that's probably the best way to sum up some of the advice I would give people. Is you're gonna feel a lot of feelings. You're gonna um, get a lot of distractions. You're gonna the process whatever it is. Is gonna be challenging. Um, what has helped me the most is learning how to control what I focus on. And in the case of writing, that's uh, sit down and do it. Some people are going to criticize you. Do it anyways. Um, you're not going to get to go do this fun thing. Do it anyways. Like, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. this mental discipline of you're stand up in front of the school board. People are going to call you mean names do it anyways. Um, mm. and I think that's something that I would encourage. It's really hard to do it the first time, but what I always encourage people is if you like step over to the other side of it, you do it, it's done.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it becomes easier. Mm.
0: Wow. Are you, yeah. Would you say it's been surprised? Cause I mean, it's, it's been really successful. Would you say that that's been a surprise for you or not a surprise? <laughs> <Yeah>, so,
1: <laughs> you know, uh, has <laughs> been good. I mean, I, I, I've always been, uh, I have high standards for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I am humble in that I know that I'm a newbie, but I I did everything I could to make it be successful. So, you know, it was kind of this mix of like, a lot of it is outside of my control, but the things that I could control, I know I did the best that I could. So I'm not, not, yeah, so there's that. And then uh, honestly, just super thankful. The coolest part of it is I've already been getting some really neat messages from people. Um, And it reminds me of why I love reading these books in the first place. Like why I like Christian fiction. Um, Like a guy called my dad and he, this man had bought the book simply, you know, because he's friends with my dad. He's not in my target audience. He's like a a nice boomer, an older gentleman reading my Christian romance novel. And uh, he called my dad to say that he was reading it and, just like the coolest thing happened, his his son of 15 years, who he had never, he hadn't talked to in 15 years, called him and wanted to have a relationship with him. And if you remember at the beginning of the book, that's what happens at the beginning right. of the book is Audrey yeah. calls her uncle. And, and like, obviously, it's not she hasn't like seen it for so many
0: years. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. It's not yeah. like Christian fiction, like makes those things happen. But I think probably what happened is, you know, the guy was reading it. He was thinking about his relationship with God. He was thinking about his relationship with his son, the similarities, wow. and then like God orchestrates those cool moments in your life, you know, when you're, really cool. when you're, yeah. And then I had a gal yeah. just today message me and say, your book makes me want to go back. What makes me want to join a Bible study just because yeah. Audrey joins a Bible study, you know? And it's oh, like it's wow. stuff like that that you know, yeah. just the suggestibility of fiction that I really like is that if you really like a character, even if they're not real you're still like I kind of want to be like that person so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do things so that's that's been the funnest part you know mm-hmm. I want it to be a ministry like it's awesome that it's entertaining the praise for it is lovely it's very flattering um I worked really hard on that book so I take all of it I love it but I also at the end of the day if it doesn't help people that would be a bummer so I'm glad that it is helping people
0: yeah I want to be respectful of time do you have to pick up kids yes
1: Okay. All I right. should go soon. We can do we got five <laughs> more minutes. Maybe okay. I minutes.
2: want to be mindful of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let me yeah.
2: can I share this this page real quick? And uh, oh. I, it's got a cool photo. Um yes. and this is one of your glowing reviews. So oh. I just wanted to point out um that's that's gotta be encouraging to see uh, someone take yes. the time to promote your book like that. And yeah. Um, Wow! Oh,
1: what's been really fun is to see a lot of girls on in there. I don't know if you guys are familiar with bookstagram, but it's like the book wing of Instagram. It's people reviewing books and stuff. Yes. And there's, um, yeah, a ton of Christian women, Christian conservative women who, uh, like it's just fun to see this book kind of like meet this desire. A lot of the, a lot of the reviews are like, oh my gosh, Christian fiction is getting edgy or like Christian fiction. Oh yeah, is, I remember you said It's not yeah, lame. Yes. It's not cheesy. You know, like just kind of this, <laughs> this desire to like, you want entertainment that like glorifies God, but you also don't want to be like, oh, this is so lame. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> which unfortunately has become kind of the, the calling card of a lot of Christian entertainment. So that, like you said, is when I see those reviews, it makes me super happy just that, you know because mm-hmm. yeah. that's what i want too i want awesome entertainment that i can consume and not feel like it's trash right.
0: i know we need something we need something in between kirk cameron and jack nicholson yeah that's what exactly we exactly
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly or like Bush jack nicholson and, and, de-
0: and like the departed and kirk cameron and left behind we need like to be right here you <gasps> yes. know just yeah um
2: well, yeah
0: <laughs> Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, Carmen, I'm so glad. To, I know I want. I want to make sure that you get enough time to. But thank you so much for thank joining us.
1: Yeah. This, yeah. This thank great. you guys. Yeah. It's always good to see you too. And thanks for letting me talk about my book. Super. No, fun.
0: absolutely. Hopefully, you'll get for um, sure. Uh, uh, yeah. At least a um, hundred more people will buy it. two
2: more. <laughs> two more book sales.
1: You'll get at least You're two left. more out of it. I'll, I'll plug one more thing. So this is what I'm trying yeah. to do. Listeners who are interested in this. So. All of the cool storytelling of secular entertainment minus the lies. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what mm. I'm trying to mainstream, you know, like the right. powerful storytelling, the the effects, the ambiance, all of that minus the BS that is always inevitably in a lot of those like secular stories. So if that sounds good to you, you should read my book. Right,
2: us. yeah. Yeah, that's great.
1: That's yep. really good.
2: And, yep. and not being afraid. I think you – you know, what I've gathered from, I I haven't read the book, but, you know, from what I've gathered from what I read online and what Peter has said, there's just, there's like a a willingness to sort of be edgy on, you know, to Mm -hmm. to kind of get to the edge without crossing the line, which I think sometimes Christians are so, you know, we're so timid. We want to, we're afraid of just speaking the truth. Um, And sometimes you got to do that boldly without hesitation. So anyways, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm glad yeah. uh, that you're writing and, and kind of pushing the envelope.
1: Yeah. Thank you very really, much. We did
0: get a private chat. Keep- I wonder if anybody said anything. That was oh. me. Oh, okay, <laughs> <Never> me. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Carmen. Yeah, Keep me, Yeah.
1: It. you're welcome. Keep me updated on your book, Peter. I want to know how that For goes. Sure. <laughs> right.
0: I do have an outline. I do have actually about, oh, I, have about I have about 35, 40 pages. Yeah.
1: So right.
0: um,
2: very
1: nice. Wow. Good little start.
2: It's further Thanks. than I have.
0: Thanks. Oh, thank you.
1: All right. <laughs> Are you That's
0: ready to? Dogs
2: too? So yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't even started. I'd like to, but oh, yeah. no. It's, uh, I am mean, interested. That's why I was asking those questions. But yeah, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not anywhere close. So you'll,
1: you'll
0: get yeah. there. We can maybe. write together.
1: get there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. I'm gonna we do a, to talk to you.
1: the based conference. That's the real thing I really make. The conference oh, of the most No, based. I actually, yeah, the reason
0: why I <laughs> it, all the more reason why I need to read it is went to an AMFT conference and it was just, yeah, it's just all, most of it, delicious. 90%, 80% of it was just woke. Yeah. Um, And we had a woman on our Thank podcast. So I really encourage you to, uh, if you get a chance. Um, oh, I think
1: I listened to that one. I think that I was did. it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, soft-spokenly. Very soft-spoken, yeah.
0: Like How... Um, yeah. It's all become advocacy work, which is not, yeah. which is not therapy. And that's yeah. just, yeah. Then you're like starting a new religion and that's most of yeah. it was all about advocacy work. So it would primarily be what would be... about that. Right. Yeah
1: interesting sometime to talk about how it all starts to look the same the publishing industry does the same thing it's all very mm. like you know a lot of the language a lot of the goals it's all kind of starting to look very mm. orwellian and creepy and the same across the board so we can definitely yeah. no, it's, talk it's, about uh, that yeah that would
0: be, that would be good well, hopefully we can yeah. we can meet again yeah i uh, yes. it was so good we to will.
1: see you yeah good okay. to see you too. yes all great. right
2: thanks carmen
0: see you guys okay. later bye. bye see you guys see you.